And I want you to grasp this season, this moment. Turn with me, if you will, to Daniel chapter 21. In fact, if you could put that up for me, Ray, please. Daniel chapter 21 and verse... Daniel, sorry, Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Look at this. It's a great scripture. It's talking about God when it says He. Who changes the times and seasons? He changes the times and the seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning, etc., etc., etc. It is God Himself, you know the story, who has uh, many, many places in Scripture. It says this, God Himself determines the times and the seasons. Two different things mentioned multiple times. Two very different things, actually. If I pass the mic around and I ask what's the difference between a time and a season, most people won't know that. And yet it's critical. This is one of the reasons why they missed the Christ, right? A season is a period of my life. It could be autumn, it could be winter, it could be summer, it could be spring. It could be a good time, could be a bad time, could be a middle time, right? A season is actually in the book of Genesis, God promises that there will always be seasons in life. Right? It's a covenant. There will always be seasons in your life. That's what he's dedicated to. Now, a time is the time that we enter into a season and the time that we exit this season. Are you following me? Amen? So who determines the times and the seasons? God. And whether you realize it or not, today you're in a season. And you may have been in the season for a very long time. And the reason people get stuck in a season is because they, a failure to cooperate with that season or a failure to recognize the times of God, the moments of God. I think Sandra prayed earlier. For some people, they can sit and look at the person on their left and see things happening, the person on the right, and see things happening, and think, well, what's happening in my season? How long am I going to be in this season? How long is this going to go on for? It's gone on long enough, Lord. It's not God's fault, right? <laughs> Believe me, it is not God's fault. He is a good God who multiple times tries and gets human beings like you and me to recognize the day and the hour that we're in. And then to cooperate in order to move forward. Amen. Could I have my next slide, please, Ray? A few years ago, I heard that they'd interviewed the three richest men in the world at that time. It was a couple of decades ago, actually. These three guys, you will probably know all three. Allison, Warren Buffett, and Bill Gates. And they asked them, how did you acquire such great wealth? How did you become so successful? But they wanted them to sum it up with one word. They weren't allowed to use more. You have to come back with one word. And the reason this interview became famous is because all three came back with the same conclusion. Huh. What was the word? (laughs) You know what the word was? Patience. Well, I wouldn't have thought that. All three men had become incredibly wealthy Because they realized in business, there's good times and bad. In business, you have a good season and a bad season. And you've got to learn to get through that. The majority of businesses fail in the first 
three years, right? Because people say, well, it's a hard time. I'm going through a hard time, so I'll just shut it down. And these guys had learned, no, that's not the attitude. You have to enter it with you know, a seasonal mind and push your way through the hard times, through the winters, in order to get to the summer. Amen. Are you with me? So I hope, you know, I'm 52. <laughs> As I say, the average person dies at 68. So I, I, intend to make, I intend to make hay with my last years on this earth. Amen? I intend to do more with my latter years than I've done with my former. You can say amen again a bit louder. You need to be doing more with the years you've got left than you ever did with what you've just had. Amen. Have a look at what you've done. Okay, don't. (laughs) Right? You think ahead and you start to plan and and, and recognize this season. You know, it's not my topic for today, but Scripture prophesies in the last days, I believe these things will become known because it says the plowman will overtake the reaper. Sorry, the reaper will overtake the plowman. So the seasons can increase and you can see a rapid return. But you've got to get on the ball and not be, you know, pushed aside or pulled aside by life or being distracted by life. Many years ago, I was in a Rodney Howard Brown meeting. And there was a big meeting. There were several thousand people there. And I hadn't been saved long. And I remember sitting in that room and he was ministering and there was people over here and they were crying. And there were people over here and they were laughing at the same time. <laughs> and there was people here and they're just silent. And there's people over there worshipping all in the same room. And I never forgot that. Look at all these people here. And they were in different seasons in the same room all Christians someone's crying and you know what it was okay it was okay no one turned and said stop laughing because they're no no one did that it was an awareness you know what everybody's on a journey everybody's moving right let God do his work so I don't know what season you're in this morning but I particularly want to challenge you if you have been stuck in a season for too long. It is not God's fault. There's this woman in the park where I pray sometimes in Bloomsbury. And she wears like two or three coats, a hat and a scarf, and she was wearing it in summertime. So she, I mean, she's walking through the park. I was thinking, do you know what, love? That's not actually appropriate in this season. Yeah. You haven't moved out. You've got stuck. Stuck in a moment. Stuck because something happened. Yeah? What happened that you got stuck then? Somebody said something, was it? Something happened in my workplace. Something happened in my family. Crisis comes or something. And when you meet with people, when I meet with people, particularly one-to-one, and you talk to them, and they've been stuck for 5 or 10 or 15 years, you always have to get back to that moment, to that place where something stopped. Okay? So I, I don't want next year... To be like last year. I want it to be better. Do you? Right? So I want to cooperate with the seasonal changes of God like I have never done in my life. Right? I want to, I want to roll with Him. Move with Him. Blow with like the wind, as Jesus says. Whoever is led by the Spirit will blow with the wind. Go with the wind. Are you with me? Amen? So be willing. To, we could spend weeks on this. 
but I felt God lay three particular areas for the coming year, just as a test case for you to think about this morning and take home, because I won't keep you long. The first slide, please, Ray. The first area is money, finance. Remember, Jesus said, how can I trust you with spiritual things if I can't trust you with cash? So there's a problem there. God, I believe finances are a beginning place. So how are your finances? <laughs> how has last year been in your giving? And how, what's your plan for next year? If your plan is to increase in the realm of the spiritual, to increase in spirituality, I promise you, my friend, you're going to have to start with the finance. Amen. <laughs> start with the finance. A few quick tips or pieces of advice. Number one, for heaven's sake, do not get into unnecessary debt. I'm not strictly against debt. If you structure your exit and you plan well and you keep short-term debt, I'm not strictly against it. As I know some pastors are. I'm not strictly against it. But unless you have a means of paying, unless you've got a strategy for exit, you should not even be mentioning the word debt. Oh, yes, yeah, gone quiet. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 you should not be mentioning that. Unless there's a strategy, a proper strategy. I, I dealt with it before. So if that's got you in trouble last year, is it just, are you just going to blindly continue? No. Make it a different year, right? A different strategy, a wiser strategy. Secondly, live beneath your means. Don't live to your means. Don't live above your means. That's called greed, right? That's what it is. It's great. Find out how much you can afford to spend each week. If that's £100, you spend 60 You spend 70 And you try to decrease that. Amen? And take the stress off yourselves. So much of the stress in life, friend, it's self-imposed. Self-imposed. Yes, it is. Oh, pastor, pray for us this, that. Well, what did you get yourself in that mess for? Right? And lastly, I've forgotten... Cultivate generosity to others. And I mean, hey, at Christmas time, there's no better time to, to consider that and to think about that. I was just thinking about Christ. Remember, I have no problem with us doing seminars as a church on finances. Let's do it. I have no problem with, with, with the wisdom that the world can provide. Amen. However, <laughs> however, we only got one king, right? And the king of my finances ultimately has to be this one. He is the all-wise God. And I've got to be very careful what I listen to. Very careful. Let me show you what I mean here. Luke chapter 12. Look at this. Luke chapter 12, and verse 16. This is Jesus talking about finance and this life, and indeed the seasons of this life. This was a man who had a career. He was doing very well in his career. He was growing from wealth to wealth and strength to strength. And Jesus tells a story about that man. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. And he told them this parable. The ground, that's the business, the whatever, the career. The, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones and I will store my surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. And I'll take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. Take a look up here. 
Look what I did this morning. I highlighted every time this guy uses the definite article. I, I, my, I'll, I, I. You get the picture? <laughs> I, I'll, myself. And even when he says you, he's talking about me. He's talking about him. Right? Completely and utterly self-obsessed. In verse 21, please, eyes forward. Do you know what, do you know what Jesus says to him? You fool. You fool. So this is a guy who's been, in the eyes of the world, a very wise man. He's got himself an excellent pension plan. He's done ABC. And Jesus turns to him and says, You fool. Didn't you realize that this very night, your life will be taken? And then the same Jesus Christ tells another story about a, a, a woman who had very little money. And she comes in and she puts all she has. She puts all she has. And Jesus, ah, ah, look at this, look at this. Now that's wise. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Could you go through that one more time, please, Jesus? Because everywhere I go in the world, they tell me the opposite. Every seminar, right, Richard? Every seminar you'll ever go to will tell you the complete reverse of that. And I'm just warning you, don't mix the so-called wisdom of men with the wisdom of God. I don't believe that Jesus is encouraging us to be irresponsible. Are you with me? And nor am I. But I, I do believe that there was something wrong with the man with the barns and his heart, and there was something right with the, with the widow and the, the gift. Right? And the same duplicity can exist within my heart, especially towards finance. I want to get my finances better next year than they were last year. So that's going to require a change in me. Let me explain what I think was wrong with the man with the barns and what was right with the woman who put everything she had in the offering. When my wife was alive... I used to hold her hand just about all the time. So we would go to Asda, I'd hold her hand. we walk to the church, I'd hold her hand. we sit in the seat, I'll hold her hand. We were hand holders, <laughs> right? And you know, I did that because I know her and I trust her. Right? We held on to one another because we know, I know you and I trust you. That's why I'm holding you. <laughs> do you know what you do with this? You hold it because you know it and you trust it. Because six weeks ago you had a problem, you had a bill, you had a debt. And this was the thing in my mind that got me out of it. Not God. I can really trust this because this happened and this answered it. This happened and this answered it. And the man with the bigger barns simply was gripping on to the wrong thing. That's all. Are you with me? And the woman who gave all she had had actually put the money down and she'd taken hold of the hand of God. And her trust was in the provider. 
not in what was provided. And next year, as you begin to plan, and I hope you do, I take these transitions very seriously. I fasted for five years in a row all over Christmas time, specifically to get ready for advancement. So firstly, financially, please do think long and hard. Reflect on your previous weaknesses or mistakes. And don't be afraid to draw a, a, a fresh plan. And men, be bold. Be bold. Why not? Only got one life. Be bold. Have faith. And women cooperate with them. <laughs> Amen. No, I nearly bankrupted my, my house. I did, in fact, twice. I don't regret it at all. I don't regret it at all. I salute Jeanette for never standing in my way. Let's, let's do this and it would be just like, oh goodness, what's he doing now? Well, let's try it. I don't care that I failed. I don't care. And sometimes it was me. Who cares? I don't care. I really don't. Because at least you learn. At least you grow. I would rather try. I would rather try and learn than not try. Amen. Anyway, story for another day. Money number one. Secondly, next slide please, Ray. As I say, we could have a thousand points on this because it's such a huge issue. But marriage, sorry to bring it up when it's Christmas. <laughs> but marriage, I mean, answer this. Do marriages go through seasons? Absolutely. Marriages have a summertime where it's all romance and flowers. <coughs> yeah. Marriages have a autumn time where the leaves fall off the trees. And you think, what's happening? Right? Marriages can have a winter time. When it feels like, do you know what? This relationship is stone dead. And sometimes, metaphorically speaking, that's what has to happen. Um, I've done a lot of marriages, I tell you, a lot. A lot of marriages at their breaking point. And sometimes, I mean, you do have to go into a home and say, do you know what? The previous relationship you guys had, it's dead. It's dead. So I don't want to revive something from the past. We need to start today. We need to start with a brand new start, a brand new beginning, not rehearsing the old, but actually going into a new season, believing for a new beginning, believing for a new start. Amen? Marriages have seasons. I guarantee you they do. And you cannot run out of a marriage because it's winter. That's what people do. Increasingly, that's what people do. And we as the church need to have a much better representation of a biblical covenant. Amen. Amen. Absolutely we do. We need to be the flag bearers and the standards, the standard holders for this in our communities and in this world. That's what we're here for, to be that beacon. Amen. I understand it's not easy. I understand that. And I understand that there's some men, some women can be fantastic actors. A bit like we saw this morning. <laughs> fantastic actors. And some people get deceived. I understand that. But I'm generalizing. Don't run out of a marriage because it's winter. You will regret it. Because that marriage, even though it's winter, if you let the old things die away and you believe and you press on, you're going to come to another summer. Now, those of you who have been married maybe 20, 30 years, you know that's true. Those of you in your first five or six, maybe it's not true. It is true. Okay? I promise you that it's true. You just have to hang in there. 
Hang in there. Number one. Well, number one. <laughs> don't run out of a marriage because of the test of a season. Number two. Don't run into marriage. I get contacted all the time about this. You know, uh, oh, God help us. What date is the singles event? Thir- 13th of January. If you're single, all ages single, please meet us here. You would have got a WhatsApp message yesterday. So let me do a quick 7 p.m. in this building, I think, right? You'll get a WhatsApp message. If you didn't get one, come and see us later. Um, But this second point here is very critical uh, because it it helps us with prevention rather than cure. Don't run out and just marry someone, right? I'm telling, I'm warning you folks. People want to get married just so they can say I'm married. They don't care who it is. Yeah, yeah, you'll do. Come on. Isn't it? Because they don't want to be single anymore. Just get married and that's no good. I had a guy travel a very long way to come and see me. He wanted advice because he's a good guy. Lovely spirit, good Christian, good looking. And he's got these three girls who want to marry him. You see? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Richard says, I wish that was me. <laughs> so, <laughs> praise the Lord. So he sits down and he says, Miss A, Miss B, Miss C, right, you see? He said, they're they're all okay, except Miss C, I'm not too sure, I don't really know. But if God said, I will, you know? I said, but Miss A, I I just come to see you because who should I marry? Just close your eyes and stick a knife in it. No, no, no. So I said, okay, well, tell me about it. I was telling about it. He said, well, when I'm with Miss A, I like Miss A. And then when I'm with Miss B, I like Miss B. And so, I'm confused. That's why I'm here. So, you decide, yeah, 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 right. I'm not deciding nothing. This is my advice to you. This is what I said to him. Now, you can answer that whatever way you want. But this is what I said to him. I said, why are we talking about this before Christmas? <laughs> this is on my heart, you know. God's talking to someone here. This is what I said to him. When, have you ever looked at a bright light? And you look, and you look at that bright light. You look at it, and it's dazzling. And then you look away. What can you see? Nothing. Just light. You see that bright light. And I said to him, you know your future wife? When you look at her, she needs to be like that light. So that when you look at another girl, you can't even see her. And I've got a problem with what you're presenting to me. When I look at her, I like her. When I look at her, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Right? It is not worth it. It is not worth it. You're playing games here. My advice is none of the above. Because none of those girls have taken your heart. And you're just trying to get, a, you know, get out of a single situation. Bad idea. And then he starts saying, oh, they'll get hurt if I do... No sympathy marriages, thank you very much. Right. Are they going to get hurt? Yes, they're going to get hurt. Very hurt. That's what love does. Love hurts. Ask Jesus if love hurts. Love hurts. Sympathy marriage is all over the place. And just, I mean, that one guy is dangerous. Dangerous individual moving around in the world because the potential for a life of misery is very high. Another thing I said to him is, you see, look, what you just described to me there, you said when you're with A, you feel great. When I'm with Miss B, I feel great. That, that's emotion. That's emotion. By the way, emotions are chemicals. Emotions are chemicals that are created in your body. So if you look at a girl you like or a guy that you like, it creates a chemical. If you keep on, if you talk to them and stuff like that, that turns into adrenaline. And then people confuse that emotion 
that chemical for love. And he comes in, Pastor, I've fallen in love. No, you haven't. You've fallen in the adrenaline. That's all that is. <laughs> and that will subside. Now, if you marry someone on the basis of emotion and chemicals, guess what's going to happen? I think ten years are going to go, exactly, Evelyn. Ten years are going to go by, and you're not going to have the same feeling towards that person. The chemicals will change, but guess what? You'll have the same feelings for someone else. I used to feel this way about her, but now I get the same feeling with this girl, so I'm off. Amen. You can't have emotional relationships. So whatever's been driving you, we, I was shocked, Pat, at the number of single responses that came through. I didn't realize we had so many people. Fantastic, but let's work on it. And let's bring you guys to an educated place of choosing a right. Amen. Amen. Next year, Richard, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And lastly, last point, I'm getting signed to shut down here. My, my, my last point is, thank you, the last one there, please, Ray. The last one is ministry. That you would prepare yourself or be willing to move into the next season that God has for you in ministry. And heaven help us. What a church this is for that. Now, let me, I'm going to conclude in two seconds, but just stay with me, please. When the Apostle Peter was walking with Jesus, remember he said to him, Jesus, if everyone deserts you, I will not. Remember? What happened next? Yeah. So, here's Peter who thinks he's in a, another season than the one he's in. Here's Peter who's entering into a ministry, but he's actually totally deluded about his ability or his capability of actually achieving that vision. Correct? He was, in the wrong, he, was, he was in the wrong mindset. And Jesus tries to tell him, Peter, do you know what? Before 24 hours, you will deny me three times. And in this room, we have so many people, capable people. For sure we have a very unusual number. But I want you to know yourself and know the season and know the time and be prepared. Do you know what, Peter? It took another 30 years, by the way. 30 years, that's right. From that moment with the cock crows three times, it was 30 years later that Peter didn't desert Jesus and was crucified. A long time. Big difference. They're turning the lights out on me now. <laughs> so, okay, I will finish. Please give me your full attention. You listening? You can't change the season. You can't change the season. Richard, you can say, how long am I going to be single? <laughs> you know what? You can't change the season. You can only cooperate with the principles of God in the season. You, we read it to open with Daniel chapter 2 verse 21. He determines. He determines. You cannot change the season. Number two, you can't get out of the season. You're going to remain in that season until number three, the only thing you can do cooperate with God in the moment. So as we shut down last year, and as we prepare to go into the next year and whatever time is left on this planet, please don't continue as normal. Please don't continue the way you have been. But believe for something greater. Believe for something better. In your finance. Better. In your finance.